0: Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. This is episode nine. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast series is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today, we've gone on the road. We're in London at the 2018 ABA Rare Book Fair in Battersea. You can hear the murmur of gentle book selling in the background. Our guest is Marissa DeVere of Otto Bookbinding. Welcome, Marissa. Uh, Otter bookbinding was established in 1993 by Marissa and you'll find Marissa's bindery in Midhurst, West Sussex. Today Marissa is going to help us learn about what it is like to be a bookbinder. So I'll start Marissa by asking if you can describe what your bindery, which is a lovely word, looks like. I imagine it is a cross between a very messy library and a carpenter's workshop. Would that be fair?
1: (laughs) Not exactly, but it's got elements of that. So we have a lot of cast iron equipment. There's 19th century board chopper and a probably late 19th century blocking machine, which is huge. So we have a lot of really heavy equipment.
0: So, what is a blocking machine? That sounds, sounds intriguing yeah, to so start.
1: When you are embossing the book, so if you look at the early Victorian bindings, they've got beautiful embossed covers, some of them, and they would all have been used blocking machines with gold leaf or. Also, carbon paper and different colours. So that's how they were done, and they were impressed into the covers using brass blocks. Right. So the designers would have cut the patterns out of brass, mm-hmm. heated them up onto a platen, and then embossed the pattern on top of, onto the covers of the book.
0: So it sounds it sounds intriguing already. I guess when the the bindery is in full flow, there are also sounds that go with it.
1: there is the sound of these foils so you've got the sound of the foil and the the blocking machine hitting the hitting the foil Mm -hmm. and then you're pulling it down with the pressure um, and then pulling the bottom plate out lifting up the foil seeing how the design is going back in if you need to so there's quite a lot of clunking going on right Um, and then also the other blocking machine that we've got another one which we use for lettering uh, traditionally, they would have used what we used to call a, we call a Marshall's blocking machine, but they don't make them anymore. Uh, these are big machines, very, very heavy, and uh, quite dangerous to bring into the bindery, because they are so heavy that it's a sort of four-man job, usually. Right, okay. So, they're like sort of half a ton of elephant, really. You know, to lift.
0: So, how many people, how many uh, professional bookbinders, yeah. like you, are there in the United Kingdom?
1: I was thinking about that today, you know, and I think there are I looked at the map of England and ascertained that there's 48 counties and I reckon there's probably one or two professional bookbinders in every county not including London which has got probably quite a few. But there's many, many more amateur bookbinders out there. But the professional ones are about probably one or two per county and within that category those two bookbinders might be doing very different sorts of work.
0: And how did you get into this trade?
1: Well, by a circuitous route. I was not very academic at school, and Mrs. Merry suggested that I go and do a secretarial course and then find myself a husband. (laughs) Which is what I did. (laughs) So um, I did that, that. And then the secretarial thing really wasn't working out, so I went and did some career analysis and discovered um, that really my, my natural leaning was towards making and craft making. So, Which wasn't a surprise, because at school I was always weaving or doing pottery or doing making things. So I was always a maker.
0: And were you a book lover? A um, reader?
1: I'm more of a maker than a, maker. a reader. Okay. Yeah, so, so that that's how I got into it because the course that I did was not far from where I lived. Right. Yeah.
0: So you took a like a
1: a two-year course at Guildford College of Technology, which right. is unfortunately is no longer there, um, but it was run by a, lady, a wonderful lady who got a. Um, O-E-M, Order of the English Empire, isn't right. it? Okay. Last year from the Queen for her services bookbinder. She's called Maureen Duke. And yeah. She's 90 this year. Wonderful. Um, she taught me and she's still my mentor and she's still teaching.
0: Wow. And so if I go back to the bindery, would you say that you're in the repair business or the enhancement business?
1: Right. Well, we do a bit of everything. So uh, we've got old Bibles that have come in for repair. We have also got new books that are being printed and bound for customers. We enhance books. We make dust jackets for them. Basically, you come to me with your book project and you say, I want this, and we say, how high would you like us to jump? We'll we'll do what we can for the customers, every customer is different.
0: So, for instance, if I wanted a new binding on my book, you'd show us... A series of samples just like someone who wanted to redesign their home could look at wallpaper samples or paint yeah. color samples yeah. yeah exactly like that we
1: can show you samples or sometimes it's something different that we haven't done before so last week I had a designer who wants to have a photo album with cloth joints and she wants to mount the paper on both sides of the card and there's a bit of an engineering thing there because you want the pages to open flat so it's going to have a joint a bit like a Victorian photo album little bit like that Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't have that exact specific sample but I was able to do a drawing for her right
0: okay and in terms of repairs what is the the damage that you are normally repairing is it just wear and tear from a book being very old or water damage or
1: well that that really varies every book is an individual and they all come in like patients It really is like a diagnosis of a patient, sometimes they've got mold damage and if they've got mold damage I always send them off to my paper conservator because that's another area of expertise completely different to mine Okay, Um, and that's very much a chemistry degree orientated type of um, affair. Whereas if they come in with a little bit of paper repair and uh, maybe the sewing structure's broken, they might need some repair. Like um, I did a topsoil's history uh, of beasties with with lovely Buick engravings in which just went back to its customer after six months of living with me um, last week. And that came in and it was sewn really badly, resewn, and it had lots of paper repairs on the inner margins. And I was trying to balance the, the, the needs of the bookseller, whose book it was, with the needs of the book, to yeah. try and get a balance between repairing it, repairing the sewing, keeping it intrinsically uh, readable, yeah. whilst not completely dismantling it, and there is a balance between doing that and completely redoing the whole thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Can a book ever? Are there books that you see that are simply too badly damaged to be repaired?
1: No, there's never a book that's too badly damaged to be repaired. We've okay. done some really extraordinary books in the past.
0: Okay. Um, so when you are adding a new binding to a book, um, what is the process that you go through once a, a client has chosen a,
1: right. a binding? Well, there's, there's d- different, different types of binding. So um, just to give you a quick rundown, there's the Coptic stitch binding, account book style, flexible style, case binding, wow. Japanese style, photo albums, post bindings, um, what have I missed out? I'm sure I've missed something out It there. sounds like,
0: just like in the rare book selling world, there is a language all of its own to book binding.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so when you see the, the books in the sale here, the sale here, quite mostly a lot of them have got raised bands, yeah. which is those raised things on the spines of the books, so and they're raised bands, and they would have been sewn with linen thread on raised bands, and then as the years went by, over into the sort of the 19th century, they started to raise, sewing them with sunken cords, yeah. and bookbinders found ways to cheat a little bit. So raised bands used to be, you know, quite laboriously. Uh, to, to sew so then they found tapes and then they put fake race bands on the books okay and so on so there's a whole historical um, path of the book okay and you can see it at this show uh, as it progresses through the years
0: and what's the greatest skill that a bookbinder needs is it is it a steady hand
1: i think manual dexterity is key is being able to And know the book and also understand the structure of the book, as well as having the hand skills to to deal with the problems it might present.
0: And um, I know you can't be specific, but who are are your customers, who who are the people that bring books to you?
1: So we've got uh, design agencies who want to have specific books for clients. We have also got uh, a company in London called The Wedding Gallery, and they have library of different suppliers to the wedding trade caterers and so on we bind books for them completely different to the antiquarian book trade and we have books book dealers like the topsails book that i've been repairing and family Mm -hmm. bibles so students ministers um, even members of the royal family from some from time to time right uh Everybody from Joe Blogs right up up to the antiquarian book collector and beyond.
0: So when a design agency comes, they might want a book for an office or a shop or a film yeah, or a or
1: client. A yeah, films as well. Okay. Yeah, so you know, I've done I've done books for for certain films as well, as props.
0: Okay, so back to the bindery. What would a what would a typical day in the bindery look like? What would you what would be what would well, you be getting up to?
1: Anna, who's my admin assistant, she's probably on the computer laying out some type, uh, some document to print for a customer, as well as preparing a few estimates. Sarah, my other assistant, is probably making several case bindings and doing various boxes and portfolios for different customers. And I might be working on, on an old antiquarian book and repairing the sewing or doing some paper repairs, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. And you, you said earlier on that uh, about a badly damaged book that he'd had for six months. Yes. So is that how long a repair can Not take? Not
1: necessarily. It's, it's, it's a, quite often, like the antique books, like the family, the big family Bibles, and, the, and some of the ones that are a bit more complex. Topsil was complicated uh, because because of its uh, condition when it arrived. Right. Usually, it's more like three months, but it depends. There, sometimes there's a bit of a waiting list. Okay. And these old books, you don't want to rush them. And so I you need a bit of thinking about sometimes. Okay.
0: Are you normally working on uh, a number of projects at once?
1: Yes. Right. Yeah, there's quite a few at the same time.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the oldest book you have worked upon?
1: Oldest book I've worked on is probably about sixteen hundred. And what was, was that? Breaches, Breaches Bibles. Okay. Yeah. And that customer wanted to have some facsimile pages put in. So he, we got some from the British Library printout on some hand-dyed, handmade paper. Yeah. And half the page was missing, so I had, I had to superimpose the other half and carefully cut it and stick it on. You could see that it was joined. Yeah. But it meant that his book was now readable, so he wasn't worried about the fact that it had a new page.
0: Right. Yeah. So a replacement page, would that be digitally printed or
1: I printed it on an inkjet printer using handmade paper okay so
0: new technology meets 600 year old technology yeah
1: but Bernard Middleton who's one of you know one of our highly respected bookbinders he will um, you can make a a zinc or a brass block and you can ink it up like you would letterpress printing and then print it onto some really old paper and then you really don't know the difference (laughs) it's really hard to tell (laughs) there's different ways of doing it
0: and what's the most valuable book you've you 've repaired or, or worked upon
1: well you know value is in the eye of the beholder isn't it and some books are worth a lot to the people that own them and I work on the basis of repairing books so it's hard to know sometimes the value of the books or when they come in but there are some books that are deceptively valuable like the you know a, a first edition of a Virginia Woolf with its original dust jacket that's come in to have a box made it might be like £20,000, 20, £25,000, well, yeah. you know, better than I do about the value of these books. Yeah. yeah. And other books that I think should be worth a lot, maybe they're not as worth as much as I think they would be.
0: Yeah. So would your work include working on, say, uh, unique books, such as uh, someone's personal diary from yeah. the Victorian age or something yes, like that? Yes, I've
1: just, I've just repaired two autograph books for, for a lady who whose grandmother owned them, two little, tiny, little autograph books, all with handwritten uh, little tiny photographs from the First mm. World War. And Who collected
0: autographs of? No,
1: they were her grandmother's, she brought them in, and right. one was missing its covers, and the other one, the pages had fallen out, so it needed re-sewing and putting back into its original case, and the other one needed a new cover. Wow. So, yes.
0: So sometimes you do see a glimpse into people's families, people's oh, treasured definitely.
1: possessions. yeah, yeah. Personal notes and interesting things that come in.
0: And out of all the things that you have repaired or uh, uh, worked with, what's been your, um, the piece of work that you are most proud of? What
1: piece of work I'm most proud of? Well, I love what I do. I, I'm not sure that I could say which is my favorite piece because what I'm about is innovation creativity and craftsmanship mm-hmm. and so when I have a piece of work that I'm really proud of it's got that it's got those elements in it and even if you're restoring an old book if there's a little bit of innovation where you've got to kind of figure out a tricky situation the pages aren't opening right or improve the improving the mechanics of the book yeah then that makes me happy you know but I couldn't pinpoint one particular book
0: okay um now, as you outlined earlier, there are not a great deal of uh, a high number of bookbinders in working in, in the UK, but you seem to be committed to um, expanding the craft to new blood. Perhaps you'd like to tell us a little bit about the, the, the initiatives that you're working sure, on?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, you know, when I started out in 1993, I just had a son as well, and I'd finished college and the apprenticeship schemes were all dying out, the big bindaries were all dying off and I was passionate and still am passionate about what I do so I really had to invent my own apprenticeship based on the fact that I had a small child and I was living at home. The usual apprenticeship was six years and I'd done two years at Guildford College so I learnt by knocking on doors and going on courses and so on and over the past 25 years I've picked up a lot of skills and what my course is doing, that I've just started at Otter Education, Right. it's a new company, so my course is offering an apprenticeship style learning based on the student's time that they have available, and it's once every month on a Saturday, Sunday and a Monday, and they can choose to come for all three days or one day, it just is completely flexible. And this is at your boundary? But it's learning at your pace, it's at my boundary, yeah. yes. So that's how it is and we're also offering city and guilds training as well which you can combine with the Otter education curriculum so the auto education starts from ground zero so if you're somebody who wants to say learn how to repair antiquarian books you have to start at the beginning right so i had somebody last week say can i come on your course and repair my family bible over three days and i said no you can't because you have to start to learn the process and when you learn the process of book binding from scratch then you can learn how to repair the book because you're going backwards Mm -hmm. and then you have to understand how the book was sewn and how the leather was put on the book and so on and so forth. Yeah. And there's a lot of skills and tools that you need to learn how to use before you kind of start restoring old books.
0: So I presume you have more information on this on your website. Yes, I do, yes, yes. And Thank your you website know. address is?
1: It's, uh, well, the, the otter bookbinding one is otterbookbinding.com and the new otter education one is ottereducation.com.
0: And if someone said to you, I, I want to be a bookbinder, uh, apart from your own courses, where would you say they should start?
1: Start by reading books about bookbinding. Start by having a go yourself to see whether it is something that you would like to do. Perhaps join a course. There's plenty of courses in London. The um, LCP, London College of Printing, Camberwell College. There's quite a few colleges that uh, do. Offer bookbinding, mm-hmm. maybe go on a one-day one to see whether it's something that floats your boat. I did an evening course for a year before I committed to the two-year course, and I think most people will find that you get sucked into it. It's quite addictive, and you never lose the learning because there's always a new subject matter to investigate and learn about.
0: Okay. Okay, Marissa, thank you. Um, So that's all we have time for for this episode. Uh, Thanks to Marissa Devere of Otter Bookbinding for joining us and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books. If you like the show, please tell your friends, like it, share it, tweet it or leave a comment and we'll see you next time. Thank you.
1: Thank you.